Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the world of Percy Jackson. In this episode we're going to read chapters 7 to 8 and in the previous episode we read chapters 6, 5 to 6. And in the previous episode uh, what basically happened was they were all able to escape from camp. You know, Leo, Piper, Jason, Annabeth, Percy, Frank, and Hazel were all able to escape from camp after leaving a pretty bad uh, rep on the Camp Half-Blood tri- uh, on, the, on the group from Camp Half-Blood. But they kept going, and Leo was able to ride Arian for some time. And what happened was Leo and Hazel ended up on uh, searching a beach, to which they f- to which Leo found another lookalike to one of his one of the relatives he had known, which is Aunt Rosa. Aunt Rosa turned out to be Nemesis, who is another goddess and is actually represented in um, Camp Half Blood after Percy forces forced the gods to make cabins for the minor god gods and goddesses as well, and they had quite a interesting conversation. And, yeah, it was, uh, we'll have to see what happens after, uh, what happens to Leo and Hazel after they had that very interesting talk. Um, if you haven't seen that episode, I suggest you go and listen to The Mark of Athena, chapters 5 to 6, and, yeah, now, uh, now we're gonna, let's, let's begin, or on with the show, I should say. Chapter 7, Leo. Who is Aunt Rosa? Hazel asked. Leo didn't want to talk about her. Nemesis' wor- Nemesis's words were still buzzing in his ears. His tool belt seemed heavier since he'd put the cookie in there, which was impossible. His pockets could carry anything without adding extra weight. Even the most fragile things would never break. Still, Leo imagined he could feel it in there, dragging him down, waiting to be cracked open. Long story, he said. She abandoned me after my mom died, gave me to foster care. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, Leo was anxious to change the subject. What about you? What Nemesis said about your brother? Hazel blinked like she'd gotten salt in her eyes. Nico, he found me in the underworld. He brought me back to the mortal world and convinced the Romans at Camp Jupiter to accept me. I owe him for my second chance at life. If Nemesis is right... And Nico's in danger. I have to help him. Sure, Leo said, though the idea made him uneasy. He doubted the revenge goddess ever gave advice out of the goodness of her heart. And what Nemesis said about your brother having six days to live and Rome getting destroyed? Any idea what she meant? None, Hazel admitted, but I'm afraid... Whatever she was thinking, she decided not to share it. She climbed one of the largest boulders to get a better view. Leo tried to follow and lost his balance. Hazel cut his hand. She pulled him up and they found themselves atop the rock, holding hands face to face. Hazel's eyes glittered like gold. Gold is easy, she'd said. It didn't seem that way to Leo. Now when he looked at her, he wondered who Sammy was. Leo had a nagging suspicion that he should know, but he just couldn't place the name. Whoever he was, he was lucky if Hazel cared for him. Um... Thanks. He let go of her hand, but they were still standing so close he could feel the warmth of her breath. She definitely didn't seem like a dead person. When we were talking to Nemesis, Hazel said uneasily, your hands, 
I saw flames? Yeah, he said. It's a Hephaestus power. Usually I can keep it under control. Oh, she put her one hand protectively on her denim shirt, like she was about to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Leo got the feeling she wanted to back away from him, but the boulder was too small. Great, he thought. Another person who thinks I'm a scary freak. He gazed across the island. The opposite shore was only a few hundred yards away. Between here and there were dunes and clumps of boulders, but nothing that looked like a reflecting pool. You will always be the outsider, Nemesis had told him. The seventh wheel. You will not find a place among your brethren. She might as well poured acid in his ears. Leo didn't need anybody to tell him he was the odd man out. He'd spend months alone in Bunker 9 at Camp Half-Blood, working on a ship while his friends trained together and shared meals and played capture the flag for fun and prizes. Even his two best friends, Piper and Jason, often treated him like an outsider. Since they started dating, their idea of quality time didn't include Leo. His only other friend, Festus the Dragon, had been reduced to a figurehead when his control disc had gone destroyed on their last adventure. Leo didn't have the technical skill to repair it. The seventh wheel. Leo had heard of a fifth wheel. An extra, useless piece of equipment. He figured the seventh wheel was worse. He thought maybe this quest would be a fresh start for him. All his hard work on the Argo II would pay off. He'd have six good friends who would admire and appreciate him. And they'd go sailing off into the sunrise to fight giants. Maybe... Leo secretly hoped he'd even find a girlfriend. Do the math, he chided himself. Nemesis was right. He might be a part of a group of seven, but he was still isolated. He had fired on the Romans and brought his friends nothing but trouble. You will not find a place among your brethren. Leo, Hazel asked gently. You can't take what Nemesis said to heart. He frowned. What if it's true? She's the goddess of revenge, Hazel reminded him. Maybe she's on our side, maybe not, but she exists to stir up resentment. Leo wished he could dismiss his feelings that easily. He couldn't. Still, it wasn't Hazel's fault. We should keep going, he said. I wonder what Nemesis meant about finishing before dark. Hazel glanced at the sun, which was just touching the horizon. And who is the cursed boy she mentioned? Below them, a voice said, Cursed boy she mentioned. At first, Leo saw no one. Then his eyes adjusted. He realized a young woman was standing only ten feet from the base of the boulder. Her dress was a Greek-style tunic, the same color as the rocks. Her wispy hair was somewhere between blonde, brown and blonde and gray, so it blended with the dry grass. She wasn't invisible exactly, but she was almost perfectly camouflaged until she moved. Even then, Leo had trouble focusing on her. Her face was pretty, but not memorable. In fact, each time Leo blinked, he couldn't remember what she looked like, and he had to concentrate to find her again. Hello, Hazel said. Who are you? Who are you? The girl answered. Her voice sounded weary, like she was tired of answering that question. Hazel and Leo exchanged looks. With this demigod gig, you never knew what you run into. Nine times out of ten, it wasn't good. 
A ninja cat girl camouflaged in earth tones didn't strike Leo as something he wanted to deal with just then. Are you the cursed kid Nemesis mentioned? Leo asked. But you're a girl. You're a girl, said the girl. Excuse me? Leo said. Excuse me, the girl said miserably. You're repeating. Leo stopped. Oh, hold it. Hazel, wasn't there myth, uh, some myth about a girl who repeated everything? Echo, Hazel said. Echo, the girl agreed. She shifted, her dress changing with the landscape. Her eyes were the color of the salt water. Leo tried to hone in on her features, but he couldn't. I don't remember the myth, he admitted. You were cursed to repeat the last thing you heard? You heard, Echo said. Poor thing, Hazel said. If I remember right, a goddess did this. A goddess did this, Echo confirmed. Leo scratched his head. But wasn't that thousands of years? Oh, you're one of the mortals who came back through the doors of death. I really wish we could stop running into dead people. Dead people, Echo said like she was chastising him. He realized Hazel was staring at her feet. Uh, sorry, he muttered. I I didn't mean it that way. That way, Echo pointed toward the far shore of the island. You want to show us something? Hazel asked. She climbed down the boulder, and Leo followed. Even up close, Echo was hard to see. In fact, she seemed to get more invisible the longer he looked at her. You sure you're real? He asked. I mean, flesh and blood? Flesh and blood. She touched Leo's face and made him flinch. Her fingers were warm. So, you have to repeat everything, he asked. Everything. Leo couldn't help smiling. That could be fun. Fun, she said unhappily. Blue elephants. Blue elephants. Kiss me, you fool. You fool. Hey! Hey! Leo... Hazel pleaded. Don't tease her. Don't tease her. Echo agreed. Okay, okay, Leo said, though he had to resist the urge. It wasn't every day he met somebody with a built-in talkback feature. So what were you pointing at? Do you need our help? Help, Echo agreed emphatically. She gestured for them to follow and sprinted down the slope. Leo could only follow her progress by the movement of the grass and the shimmer of her dress as it changed to match the rocks. We'd better hurry, Hazel said, or we'll lose her. They found the problem. If you can call a mob of good-looking girls a problem, Echo led them down into a grassy meadow shaped like a blast crater, with a small pond in the middle. Gathered at the water's edge were several dozen nymphs. At least Leo guessed what they that at least Leo guessed they were nymphs, like the ones at Camp Half-Blood. These were go- gossamer dresses. Their feet were bare, they had elfish features, and their skin had a slightly greenish tinge. Leo didn't understand what they were doing, but they were all crowded together in one spot, facing the pond and jostling for a better view. Several held up phone cameras, trying to get a shot over the heads of the others. Leo had never seen nymphs with phones. He wondered if they were looking at a dead body. If so, why were they bouncing up and down and giggling so excitedly? What are they looking at? Leo wondered. Looking at, Echo sighed. One way to find out. 
Hazel marched forward and began nudging her way through the crowd. Excuse us, pardon me. Hey, one nymph complained. We were here first. Yeah, another sniffed. He won't be interested in you. The second nymph had large red hearts painted on her cheeks. Over her dress, she wore a t-shirt that read, OMG, I love end. Uh, demigod business, Leah said, trying to make, trying to sound official. Make room, thanks. The nymphs grumbled, but they parted to reveal a young man kneeling at the edge of the pond, gazing intently at the water. Leo usually didn't pay much attention to how other guys looked. He supposed that came from hanging around Jason. Tall, blonde, rugged, and basically everything. Leo could never be. Leo was used to not being noticed by girls. At least he knew he'd never get a girl by his looks. He hoped his personality and sense of humor would do that someday, though it definitely hadn't worked yet. At any rate, Leo couldn't miss the fact that the guy at the pond was one super good-looking dude. He had a chiseled face with lips and eyes that were somewhere between feminine beautiful and masculine handsome. Dark hair swept over his brow. He might have been 17 or 20. It's hard to say, but he was built like a dancer, with long, graceful arms and muscular legs, perfect posture and an air of regal calm. He wore a simple white t-shirt and jeans, with a bow and quiver strapped to his back. The weapons obviously hadn't been used in a while. The arrows were covered in dust, a spider had woven a web in the top of the bow. As Leo edged closer, he realized the guy's face was unusually golden. In the sunset, the light was bouncing off a large flat sheet of celestial bronze that lay at the bottom of the pond, washing Mr. Handsome's features in a warm glow. The guy seemed fascinated with his reflection in the metal. Hazel inhaled sharply. He's gorgeous. Around her, the nymphs squealed and clapped in agreement. I am, the young man murmured dreamily, his gaze still fixed on the water. I am so gorgeous. One of the nymphs showed her iPhone screen. His latest YouTube video got a million hits in like an hour. I think I was half of those. The other nymphs giggled. YouTube video? Leo asked. What does he do in the video? Sing? No, silly, the nymphs chided. He used to be a prince and a wonderful hunter and stuff, but that doesn't matter. Now he just... Well, look. She showed Leo the video. It was exactly what they were seeing in real life. The guy staring at himself in the pond. He is so hot, said another girl. Her t-shirt read, Mrs. Narcissus. Narcissus? Leo asked. Narcissus, Echo agreed sadly. Leo had forgotten Echo was there. Apparently, none of the nymphs have noticed her either. Oh, not you again. Mrs. Narcissus tried to push Echo away, but she misjudged whether, whether, where the camouflage girl was and ended up shoving several other nymphs. You had your chance, Echo, said the nymph with the iPhone. He dumped you 4,000 years ago. You are so not good enough for him. For him, Echo said bitterly. Wait. Hazel clearly had trouble tearing her eyes away from the handsome guy, but she managed it. What's going on here? Why did Echo's, Echo bring us here? One nymph rolled her eyes. She was holding an autograph pen and a crumpled poster of Narcissus. Echo was a nymph like us, a long time ago. But she was a total chatterbox, 
gossiping, blah, 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 all the time. I know, another nymph shrieked. Like, who could stand that? Just the other day, I told Cleopia, you know, she lives in the boulder next to me. I said, stop gossiping or you'll end up like Echo. Cleopia is such a big mouth. Did you hear what she said about that cloud nymph and the satyr? Totally, said the nymph with the poster. So anyway, as punishment for blabbing, Hera cursed Echo so she could only repeat things, which was fine with us. But then Echo fell in love with our gorgeous guy, Narcissus. As if he, were ever, he would ever notice her. As if, said half a dozen others. Now she's got some weird idea he needs saving, says Mrs. Narcissus. She should just go away. Go away, Echo growled back. I'm so glad Narcissus is alive again, said another nymph in a gray dress. She had the words Narcissus plus Leia written up and down her arms in black marker. He's like the best, and he's in my territory. Oh, stop it, Leia, her friend said. I'm the pond nymph. You're just the rock nymph. Well, I'm the grass nymph. Another protested. No, he obviously came here because he likes the wildflowers. Another said, those are mine. The whole mob began arguing while Narcissus just stared at the lake, ignoring them. Hold it, Leo yelled. Ladies, hold it. I need to ask Narcissus something. Slowly, the nymphs settled down and went back to taking pictures. Leo knelt next to the handsome dude. So, Narcissus, what's up? Could you move? Narcissus asked distractedly. You're ruining the view. Leo looked in the water. His own reflection rippled next to Narcissus on the surface of the submerged bronze. Leo didn't have any desire to stare at himself. Compared to Narcissus, he looked like an undergrown troll. But there was no doubt the metal was a sheet of hammered celestial bronze, roughly circular, about five feet in diameter. What it was doing in this pond, Leo wasn't sure. Celestial bronze fell to earth in odd places. He'd heard that most pieces were cast off from his dad's various workshops. Hephaestus would lose his temper when projects didn't work out and he'd toss his scraps into the mortal world. This piece looked like it might have been meant as a shield for a god, but it hadn't turned out properly. If Leo could get it back on the ship, it would just be enough bronze for his repairs. Right, great view, Leo said. Happy to move, but if you're not using it, can I just take that sheet of bronze? No, Narcissus said. I love him. He's so gorgeous. Leo looked around to see if the nymphs were laughing. This had to be a huge joke. But they were swooning and nodding in agreement. Only Hazel seemed appalled. She wrinkled her nose as if she'd come to the conclusion that Narcissus smelled worse than he looked. Man, Leo said to Narcissus, you do realize that you're looking at yourself in the water, right? I am so great. Narcissus sighed. He stretched out a hand longingly to touch the water, but held back. No, I can't make ripples. That ruins the image. Wow. I am so great. Yeah, Leo muttered. But if I took the bronze, you could still see yourself in the water. Or here. He reached in his tool belt and pulled out a simple mirror the size of a monocle. I'll trade you. Narcissus took the mirror, reluctantly, and admired himself. Even you carry a picture of me? I don't blame you. I am gorgeous. Thank you. He set the mirror down and returned his attention to the pond. 
but I already have a much better image. The color flatters me, don't you think? Oh, gods, yes! A nymph screamed. Marry me, Narcissus! No, me! Another cried. Would you sign my poster? No, sign my shirt! No, sign my forehead! No, sign my... Stop it! Hazel snapped. Stop it, Echo agreed. Leo had lost sight of Echo again, but now he realized she was kneeling on the other side of Narcissus, waving her hand in front of his face as if trying to break his concentration. Narcissus didn't even blink. The nymph fan club tried to shove, shove Hazel out of the way, but she drew her cavalry sword and forced him back. Snap out of it, she yelled. He won't sign your sword, the poster nymph complained. He won't marry you, said the iPhone girl. And you can't take his bronze mirror. That's what keeps him here. You're all ridiculous, Hazel said. He's so full of himself. How could you possibly like him? Like him, Echo sighed, still waving her hand in front of his face. The other sighed along with her. I am so hot, Narcissus said sympathetically. Narcissus, listen. Hazel kept her sword at the ready. Echo brought us here to help you. Didn't you, Echo? Echo, said Echo. Who? Narcissus said. The only girl who cares to what happens to you, apparently. Hazel said. Do you remember dying? Narcissus, Narcissus frowned. I... No. That can't be right. I'm much too important to die. You died staring at yourself. Hazel insisted. I remember the story now. Nemesis was the goddess who cursed you. Because you broke so many hearts. Your punishment was to fall in love with your own reflection. I love me. So. So much. Narcissus agreed. You finally died. Hazel continued. I don't know which version of the story is true. You either drowned yourself or turned into a flower hanging over the water. Or... Echo. Which is it? Which is it? She said hopelessly. Leo stood. It doesn't matter. The point is, you're alive again, man. You have a second chance. That's what Nemesis was telling us. You can get up and get on with your life. Echo is trying to save you. Or you can stay here and stare at yourself until you die again. Stay here, all the nymphs screamed. Marry me before you die, another squeaked. Narcissus shook his head. You just want my reflection. I don't blame you, but you can't have it. I belong to me. Hazel sighed in exasperation. She glanced at the sun, which was sinking fast. Then she gestured with her sword toward the edge of the crater. Leo, could we talk for a minute? Excuse us, Leo told Narcissus. Echo, want to come with? Come with, Echo confirmed. The nymphs clustered around Narcissus again and began recording new videos and taking more photos. Hazel led the way until they were out of the earshot. Nemesis was right, she said. Some demigods can't change their nature. Narcissus is going to stay there until he dies again. No, Leo said. No, Echo agreed. We need that bronze, Leo said. If we take it away, it might give Narcissus a reason to snap out of it. Echo could have a chance to save him. A chance to save him, Echo said gratefully. Hazel stabbed her sword in the sand. It could also make several dozen nymphs very angry with us. She said, and Narcissus might still know how to shoot his bow. Leo pondered that. The sun was just about down. Nemesis had mentioned that Narcissus got agitated after dark. 
probably because he couldn't see his reflection anymore. Leo didn't want to stick around long enough to find out what the goddess meant by agitated. He'd also had experience with mobs of crazy, crazy nymphs. He wasn't anxious to repeat that. Hazel, he said, your power with precious metal. Can you just detect it or can you actually summon it to you? She frowned. Sometimes I can summon it. I've never tried with the piece of celestial bronze that big before. I might be able to draw it to me toward through the earth, but I'd have to be fairly close. It would take a lot of concentration and it wouldn't be fast. Be fast, Echo warned. Leo cursed. He had hoped they could just go back to the ship and Hazel could teleport the celestial bronze from a safe distance. All right, he said. We'll have to try something risky. Hazel, how about you try to summon the bronze from right here? Make it sink through the sand and tunnel over to you. Then grab it and run for the ship. But Narcissus is looking at it all the time, she said. All the time, Echo echoed. That'll be my job, Leo said, hating his own plan already. Echo and I will cause a distraction. Distraction? Echo asked. I'll explain, Leo promised. Are you willing? Willing, Echo said. Great. Leo said, now let's hope we don't die. And that's the end of chapter seven. Well, it was really interesting being able to be introduced to some new characters in this chapter, like Narcissus and Echo and a few very passionate nymphs. So it was very interesting to see how, you know, we got introduced to these characters and, you know, there's a slight chance that, you know, Narcissus, Narcissist, so I just, I felt that, you know, the co- the connection between those two was, you know, pretty, pretty, makes sense in a way. Well, it just makes sense in general. But yeah, we'll have to see how this plan with Narcissus goes after we read, uh, after we come back from the non-existent ads or non-existent break. So don't go anywhere, maybe get a sip of water and then come back and listen to the second part of the Mark of Athena, chap- uh, chapters 7 to 8. And we're back from the ads. Now we're going to read chapter 8, Leo. Leo psyched himself up for an extreme makeover. He summoned some breath mints and a pair of welding goggles from his tool belt. The goggles weren't exactly mm, sunglasses, but they'd have to do. He rolled up the sleeves of his shirt, used some machine oil to grease back his hair. He stuck a wrench in his back pocket. Why exactly? He wasn't sure. And he had Hazel draw a tattoo on his biceps with a marker, hot stuff, with a skull and crossbones. What in the world are you thinking? She sounded pretty flustered. I try not to think, Leo admitted. It interferes with being nuts. Just concentrate on moving that celestial bronze. Echo, you ready? Ready, she said. Leo took a deep breath. He strutted back toward the pond, hoping he looked awesome and not like he had some sort of nervous affliction. Leo is the coolest, he shouted. Leo is the coolest, Echo shouted back. Yeah, baby, check me out. Check me out, Echo said. Make way for the king. The king. Narcissus is weak. Weak. The crowd of nymphs scattered in surprise. Leo shooed them away as if they were bothering him. No autographs, girls. I know you want some Leo time, but I'm way too cool. You better just hang around that ugly dweeb narcissist. He's lame. Lame, 
echoed Essad with enthusiasm. The nymphs muttered angrily. What are you talking about? One demanded. You're lame, said another. Leo adjusted his glasses and smiled. He flexed his biceps, though he didn't have much to flex, and showed off his hot stuff tattoo. He had the nymphs' attention, if only because they were stunned, but Narcissus was still fixed on his own reflection. You know how ugly Narcissus is? Leo asked the crowd. He's so ugly, when he was born, his mama thought he was a backward centaur with a horse butt for a face. Some of the nymphs gasped. Narcissus frowned as though he was vaguely aware of a gnat buzzing around his head. You know why his bow has cobwebs? Leo continued. He used it to hunt for dates, but he can't find one. One of the nymphs laughed. The others quickly elbowed her into silence. Narcissus turned and scowled at Leo. Who are you? I'm the supersized McShizzle, man, Leo said. I'm Leo Valdez, bad boy supreme, and ladies love a bad boy. Love a bad boy, Echo said with a convincing squeal. Leo took out a pen and autographed the arm on, of one of the nymphs. Narcissus is a loser. He's so weak he can't bench press a Kleenex. He's so lame when you look up lame on Wikipedia, it's got a picture of Narcissus. Only the picture's so ugly, no one ever checks it out. Narcissus knit his handsome eyebrows. His face was turning from bronze to salmon pink. For the moment, he'd totally forgotten about the pond, and Leo could see the sheet of bronze sinking into the sand. What are you talking about? Narcissus demanded. I am amazing. Everyone knows this. <laughs> amazing up pure suck, Leo said. If I was as suck as you, I'd drown myself. Oh, wait, you already did that. Another nymph giggled, then another. Narcissus growled, which did make him look a little less handsome. Meanwhile, Leo beamed and wiggled his eyebrows over his goggles and spread his hands, gesturing for applause. That's right, he said. Team Leo for the win. Team Leo for the win, Echo shouted. She'd wriggled into the mob of nymphs, and because she was so hard to see, the nymphs apparently thought the voice came from one of their own. Oh my god, I am so awesome, Leo bellowed. So awesome, Echo yelled back. He is funny, a nymph ventured. And cute, in a scrawny way, another said. Scrawny, Leo said. Baby, I invented scrawny. Scrawny is the new sizzling hot. And I got the scrawny. Narcissus, he's such a loser, even the underworld didn't want him. He couldn't get the ghost girls to date him. Ew, said a nymph. Ew, Echo agreed. Stop! Narcissus got to his feet. This is not right. This person is obviously not awesome. So he must be... He struggled for the right words. It's probably been a long time since he talked about anything other than himself. He must be tricking us! Apparently Narcissus wasn't completely stupid. Realization dawned on his face. He turned back to the pond. The bronze mirror is gone! My flexion, give me back to me! Team Leo, one of the nymphs squeaked, but the others returned their attention to Narcissus. I'm the beautiful one, Narcissus insisted. He stole my mirror, and I'm going to leave until I'm going to leave until we get it back. The girls gasped. One pointed, there. Hazel was at the top of the crater, running away as fast as she could while lugging a large sheet of bronze. Get it back, cried a nymph, probably against her will. Echo muttered, get it back. Yes, 
Narcissus unslung his bow and grabbed an arrow from his dusty quiver. The first one who will get that bronze, I will like you almost as much as I like me. I might even kiss you right after I kiss my reflection. Oh my gods, the nymph screamed. And kill those demigods, Narcissus ha- added, glaring very handsomely at Leo. They are not as cool as me. Leo could run pretty fast when someone was trying to kill him. Sadly, he'd had a lot of practice. He overtook Hazel, which was easy since she was struggling with 50 pounds of celestial bronze. He took one side of the metal plate and glanced back. Narcissus was knocking an arrow, but it was so old and brittle it broke into splinters. Ow! He yelled very attractively. My manicure! Normally, nymphs were quick. At least the ones at Camp Half-Blood were, but these were burdened with posters, t-shirts, and other Narcissus merchandise. The nymphs also weren't great at working as a team. They kept stumbling over one another, pushing and shoving. Echo made things worse by running among them, tripling, tripping and tackling as many as she could. Still, they were closing rapidly. Call Arian, Leo gasped. Already did, Hazel said. They ran for the beach. They made it to the edge of the water and could see the Argo the second, but there was no way to get there. It was much too far to swim, even if they hadn't been toting bronze. Leo turned. The mob was coming over the dunes. Narcissus in the lead, holding his bow like a band major's baton. The nymphs had conjured assorted weapons. Some held rocks, some had wooden clubs wreathed in flowers. A few of the water nymphs had squirt guns, which seemed not quite as terrifying, but the look in their eyes was still murderous. Oh, man, Leo muttered, summoning the fire in his free hand. Straight up fighting isn't my thing. Hold the celestial bronze. Hazel drew her sword. Get behind me. Get behind me, Echo repeated. The camouflage girl was racing ahead of the mob now. She stopped in front of Leo and turned, spreading her arms as she meant to personally shield him. Echo? Leo could hardly talk with the lump in his throat. You're one brave nymph. Brave nymph? Her tone made it a question. I'm proud to have you on Team Leo, he said. If we survive this, you should forget Narcissus. Forget Narcissus? She said uncertainly. You're way too good for him. The nymphs surrounded them in a semicircle. Trickery, Narcissus said. They don't love me, girls. We all love me, don't we? Yes, the girls screamed, except for one confused nymph in a yellow dress who squeaked. Team Leo! Kill them, Narcissus ordered. The nymphs surged forward, but the sand in front of them exploded. Arian raced out of nowhere, circling the mob so quickly, he created a sandstorm, showering the nymphs in white limes, spraying their eyes. I love this horse, Leo said. The nymphs collapsed, coughing and gagging. Narcissus stumbled around blindly, swinging his bow like he was trying to hit a piñata. Hazel climbed into the saddle, hoisted up the bronze, and offered Leo a hand. We can't leave Echo, Leo said. Leave Echo, the nymph smiled. She smiled, and for the first time, Leo could clearly see her face. She really was pretty. Her eyes were bluer than he'd realized. How had he missed that? Why, Leo asked. You don't think you can still save Narcissus? Save Narcissus, she said confidently. And even though it was only an echo, Leo could tell that she meant it. She'd been given a second chance at life, and she was determined to use it to save the guy she loved. 
even if she was a complete hopeless, even if he was a complete hopeless, though very handsome, moron. Leo wanted to protest, but Echo leaned forward and kissed him on the cheek and pushed him gently away. Leo, come on, Hazel called. The other nymphs were starting to recover. They wiped the lime out of their eyes, which were now glowing green with anger. Leo looked for Echo again, but she had dissolved into the scenery. Yeah, he said, his throat dry. Yeah, okay. He climbed up behind Hazel. Hazel. Arian took off across the water, the nymphs screaming behind them. The Narciss- and Narcissus shouting, Bring me back! Bring me back! As Arian raced toward the Argo II, Leo remembered what Nemesis had said about Echo and Narcissus. Perhaps they'll teach you a lesson. Leo had thought she meant Narcissus, but now he wondered if the real lesson for him was Echo. Invisible to her brethren, cursed to love someone who didn't care for her. A seventh wheel. He tried to shake that thought, clung to the sheet of bronze like a shield. He was determined never to forget Echo's face. She deserved at least one person who saw her and knew how good she was. Leo closed his eyes, but the memory of her smile was already fading. And that's the end of chapter Seven. Seven? Eight. Yeah, eight. Well, that was certainly a very fascinating and wonderful chapter we got there right there. It was more invoking of heartwarming rather than anything else. And we kind of got to see, like, other personalities be exposed. Like, narcissist, uh, narcissistic personalities. Echo, trying to persevere a love that probably won't ever happen, but props to her for you know continuing to try and leo i think he's also learned some very valuable lessons you know before this he was doubting his own self-worth and he was also doubting you know he was getting very annoyed with the fact that he was being the seventh wheel the fifth wheel the third wheel he was always the extra wheel and he thought that no one cared for him because he was that extra wheel but After meeting Echo, I think he was finally able to understand his own self-worth and that Echo was able to really help him find that. So I think this was more of a heartwarming chapter for Leo and helping him find his true characterization. And this is what we call amazing character development, which is what I really admire. Um, But yeah, next week we're going to read chapters 9 to 10. And we'll see how the rest of this fares out. Whether Leo will actually get someone is another question to be seen another day. But I'm glad that Leo was able to get some characterization and some realization that he has a lot more self-worth than he thinks he has. self, Because the worth that you have is the worth that you give it. You know, your opinions of yourself is really the only opinions that really matter and that's why you should always you know be comfortable with yourself no matter you know no matter what but yeah other than that i hope i did well on my pronunciations this time around and i hope you guys enjoyed the episode if you guys enjoy the podcast and would like to give a little extra support make sure to support me on patreon uh the link to the patreon is in the bio of or description of the podcast just a little show a little extra love you know and i did say i i did say or mention that i will have a goal of when i reach 50 patrons i will try my best to add some extra benefits so hopefully we get to reach that goal and hopefully you guys will start receiving some goodies 
But other than that, thank you all for supporting me. Thank you all for listening to this episode. And until next week, stay safe and stay out of boredom.